Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Yo, hey everybody, it's Adrienne here. Welcome back to the podcast. This week I am joined by an award-winning personal trainer, Laura Hoggins, aka Laura Biceps. Laura is also the author of Lift Yourself and her voice is a trusted and authentic one in the fitness community, specifically when it comes to empowering women to discover strength training. So in today's episode, we of course talk about all things strength training, but we also talk about the fitness industry, about personal brands, about having the confidence to really own your individuality and I really enjoyed this conversation with Laura especially hearing about her power hour which I absolutely loved and it has inspired me so maybe this week I will be adopting Laura's power hour for myself. Let's dive into this week's episode. Okay, today I'm joined by Laura Hoggins, aka Laura Biceps. Laura, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's brilliant to have you. And I mean, I'm going to start off with the name Laura Biceps because I have heard people just refer to you as Biceps. It's like, hey, Biceps, how's it going? Now, when I think back to when did I join? I joined Instagram in 2012. And in 2012, which I mean, that is wild that we've had Instagram in our lives (laughs) for nine years. But when I joined Instagram, I didn't know what Instagram was going to become or what it was. And so I just, you know, picked Adrienne, I don't know, LDN because I was in London. I mean, basic. So that wasn't a very strategic thought through marketing decision. It was just like, oh, I'll do that. Which to be honest, yeah, had I known, I probably wouldn't have done that because yeah, people sometimes do think my surname is London. That mm-hmm. has happened to me. So Laura, when you created your IG and you chose Laura Biceps, was that a strategic decision or was it just a whim? So I've got to be honest with you, Laura Biceps is actually my my second Instagram handle. I used to, um, when, I, when I joined IG, probably around the same time as you did, um, it was actually uh, Biceps and Bronzer. Whoa! I know, I know, this, this, is a, this is a first. So but basically, when, when I started Instagram, I wasn't working full-time in fitness. I was working uh, in beauty. I was working for L'Oreal UK, um, and at the, the role at the time, I was managing uh, the, the commercials for Maybelline um, in the UK. And it, Biceps and Bronzer was basically my Instagram account that showed the, almost the two sides of my life, which was at 6 a.m. every morning, I was going training training, going to CrossFit, whatever that was. And then I'd be at my desk, you know, just after eight selling bronzer. So biceps and bronzer, I just thought rolled off the tongue at the time, you know, and then, um, you know, then everyone wanted to know my actual name. And I guess maybe we'll go into it a bit later, but I didn't never in a million years, I think my Instagram account would get any sort of following or turn into a sort of a small business. So I just thought it was fun. Ah, okay. You see, this is, I thought that that would be the case because back, like say, no one really knew what Instagram would or could become, but Laura Biceps has stood the test of time. And as I said, I feel like a lot of people probably, I don't know if they think it's your real name, but I've heard people, it's it's become your nickname for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. So Laura, you're an award-winning personal trainer. You are one of the best in the biz. And I read that you you say you're relentless in your passion about helping people to start their strength training journey. And I know that a lot of people will come to you for education, motivation, but I'd really love to hear, I guess, and for our listeners to hear about your fitness journey and how that started for you and how that's changed. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I use the word relentless just because... It has not been easy. I think, you know, in, in health and fitness, even just, just being a woman in health and fitness, that's hard. We're already we're already off to a tough start. There are so many reasons why it is not uh, an inviting place for, for women, especially if you have no experience. And I think, 
the the journey that I had was full. I mean, I look back at it so you know wonderfully and positively. All the all the wonderful things that I learned, the people that I met, the lessons that I learned about myself that you know I think carry over to everyday life. But it was not easy, and you have to go through some things that you know you feel you don't feel very confident. You feel like you're not doing very well. You feel like I shouldn't be here, um, and and I just feel like from that experience and sort of the joy that I found, sort of the peace and contentment, I would describe it. I want to share it with as many people as possible because I know how hard it was. That bit just starting is almost like, you know, your make or break. If you have a good first experience, you're more likely to continue. If that first one is hard, you're carrying it with you for the rest of time. You know, you go to the barbell for the first time and someone says, you know, you shouldn't be doing that or are you finished with that bar yet? It's intimidating. So, um, yeah, I, I actually started um, when I was working full time. Well, I, I, when I was younger, I used to be really into fitness, football, netball, judo, basketball, chess club, whatever. I'm an only child. I think that explains it. Okay. I just wanted to do I just wanted to do everything. And I love team sport. I, I, would, I love putting in a shift for the team. And then later on in life, sort of health and fitness can be a bit of a lonely game, can't it? You sort of turn up to the gym on your own. And that's why I'm so passionate about sort of group training and, you know, the benefits benefit that I know you you love as well Adrian in terms of community Mm. that is that is really what you know helps people keep going you talk about motivation um I'm really open about the fact that I don't I'm not always motivated Mm. I think there's a big difference between motivation discipline and and having a plan um you know there's there's many days where I get up and you know I I, I don't really fancy it today but I know the benefits for me and how it will make me feel and how it will help me in the rest of my day in the rest of my life so yes I guess yeah relentless is a good word I want to share with as many people as possible because I was that person that felt didn't feel like I looked the part I went to body pump uh, I was at virgin virgin active body pump what a great place to start loved it because it was in a group someone was telling you you couldn't mm. really fail yeah I do think you need a bit of help uh, to start so yeah and I sort of went into CrossFit and then I decided I wanted to learn more about how do I become a coach because I feel like I've got the passion for it I need the skills to do it yeah and yeah and then the, the rest is history really yeah. And was there, you know, even just, just before that, was there a catalyst? Was this something you mentioned, you know, you grew up doing sports and different things and you enjoyed that, but was there a catalyst when you decided, okay, I really am going to go after this? Or was it just a gradual thing where you, you know, you mentioned you're going to body pump and then you started to learn more or did you, did you ever have like a moment in your life that kind of went, you know what, I really want to commit to to fitness and start a journey? Yeah. Honestly, every day of my life, mm. I've wanted, I've wanted to do that. And I think it took me until I was 30 years old to actually go right now. I'm going to, I'm going to properly do this. I'm going to quit my job and um, I'm going to focus on, on doing it. And I just think in a sort of, you know, talk about being a, a woman in this industry, it, it's not always set up for us. It, it's the standards that are presented to us. You know, it, it's, I, I feel like you can't be what you can't see. And back then I couldn't see anyone like me that you know wanted to do strength training and you know there's there's a certain aesthetic or a certain way of doing things or a certain language and I my vibe didn't really fit in with any of that so it took me so long to make that jump and I guess I felt like at the time you know with with lesser confidence in in myself I felt like I had to wait until there was there was an opening for me and little did I know that I needed to create the opening myself and find other people, you know, in a in a niche part of fitness at the time because it wasn't really being talked about. Um, and I think for me, I grew up with from a, a sporting background, right? So it was all about the team, the performance. And actually, when you go into fitness, it's more about the look, the aesthetics, you know, getting mm-hmm. abs, etc. And I didn't really understand that. That wasn't the language I, I spoke. And actually, yeah. now I think, you know, that there's no judgment either way. I, you know, aesthetics is just as important to me as it is to the next person. No judgment, but I'm more focused on the performance and how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And that's that was my that was my path yeah yeah and it's interesting actually because I think now there's a lot more language and education about 
you know the the benefits of strength training or any kind of training and the kind of, especially for women the focus on all everything else but if I think back to when I started in you know in the fitness industry when I trained as a PT and I'm sure it was, I'm not sure if it's probably a similar time for you but the the language was very different then it was all about aesthetic it was all about uh, weight loss especially for women the only yeah. language surrounding fitness for women was how to lose weight and how to change the way your body looked and I definitely think you know gladly that in the last decade that has that has changed so for me as well Laura to be honest it's interesting when you say about the space um and women in strength not being you've got to be seen you've got to be you've got to you've got to know that it's available because I do feel like I'll be really honest I feel like maybe because you know everyone knows what they know in their area and you know I'm a runner and I do a lot more kind of body weight and functional if I do strength but I even me even someone who's you know qualified in in, as a personal trainer I still feel like strength is this whole another world it's another language where it sometimes can feel like people it's like oh you don't know what you're doing or you know this idea of like people talking about Olympic lifting or this kind of lifting or cleans or snatches or they say it sometimes (laughs) in a way that's like well what you don't know what that is or you don't know how to do it or and I can that intimidating feeling of almost like we're in this we're in this strength club and you're Mm. not in it and so I sometimes think for people like when I say about running I'm like oh it's super accessible just grab your trainers go out your front door and Mm. not everybody feels that but you know put one foot in front of the other but essentially that's it whereas with strength I do think yeah maybe that barrier for some people sometimes can be that education or that feeling that oh I don't know what I'm doing so I really want to get into that actually I've got loads of questions for you I want to know the who the what the where the how (laughs) all things strength for anyone listening like me who kind of goes oh it's a whole language that I don't speak yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? Because you you and I are almost at polar ends of, yeah. of this, spe- this spectrum, right? And we, we've talked about it previously. I remember you said you were like, I, I do strength train, but not in the way in which I do. Mm. And I, I have, I've run three marathons, believe it or not, about eight, yeah. eight uh, half marathons. And you, what I strongly believe in is that you don't have to be in one camp or the other. Developing strength, it, it can mean so many different things. Being being training in strength doesn't, you don't have to go anywhere near a clean or, or a snap. You don't have to do any Olympic weightlifting. Um, you know, de- developing strength is so important if you want to be a good runner. Like, mm. you know, if, if we think about what running actually is, it's, it's unilateral work. You're landing single leg, your weight plus force if you're running outside it's on concrete over and over and over again and the force that you're putting through your body through your joints is huge if you're a frequent runner I would absolutely advise strength training to you know Mm. to create that foundation to help your joints to be the best runner and I guess what we're all trying to do is to try and be able to do this thing called health and fitness for as long as possible for longevity I think sometimes when we see sort of elite performance and, and the amount of volume we confuse it a little bit with health because sometimes, you know, the el- real elite performers, their their training schedule or what they're working to isn't actually sustainable. Mm. And, you know, the, the the people that we see that are best in their game, let, let's talk about strength sport, for example. You would have someone like Eddie Hall or Donna Moore as, as you know, the, the, the strongest in the world in the sport of strong man and strong woman. They can't do that forever yeah. because they're at, they're at the top of their game. And I think you're right in that when we think about strength sports and we see these amazing, inspiring people, you don't have to do that. That's not strength. You know, that doesn't have to be strength for you. So you can develop strength at home. You can do it with no equipment. It's about mastering the foundational movement patterns that are what we would call functional, sort of, uh, you know, transfer to everyday life. So your squats, your push-ups, your lunges, single leg work, you know, some posterior chain work. If you can do some rows, some pulls, all of this can be done at home and I do think it is intimidating like I I do Olympic weightlifting do I am I going to the Olympics no it's just weightlifting really if you ask an Olympic weightlifter they go I don't know why they call it Olympic weightlifting it's just weightlifting it's the snatch and clean and jerk and they're training specifically for those lifts the everyday person that I train in my gym isn't doing that that's not for health. That may be fun. It might be quite fun to technically learn. I've, I really enjoy it. But actually, you just need to do the foundational movement patterns, repeat them, apply the right amount of progressive overload, using resistance for you and getting you to your personal goals. 
Yes. Well, in that case, as you say, I'm ticking the boxes because for me, you know, I do the functional strength. I do the body weight stuff, as you mentioned, the squats, the push-ups. You know, I probably could do with a little bit more pull. But I know that, for example, when people say to me, they're like, oh, but do you lift weights? And I'm like, well, no. They're like, oh, well, you don't strength train. I'm like, no, I do. And as you say, it's like there's different kinds. So I guess with that then, let's go through the who, the what, the where and the how. So who would benefit from strength training? I think I know what you're going to say. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to say everyone, really. Yeah. I, I, I think it's it's so, so important. And like we were talking about before, like, you know, you, you don't have to be in the runner's camp or the cardio camp. And, you know, that it doesn't have to mean that you're opposite to the, the strength camp. Actually, for general health and fitness or to pursue whatever strength or aesthetic goals it is that you have, resistance training or strength training, using just your body weight two, three times a week for 30 minutes, everyone could benefit from my mum you know everyone needs to needs to do that for lots of different benefits but for longevity for your bone health you know um you know as we know as we get older we might lose our muscle mass a bit quicker and actually a lot of people come to me and talk about oh, I want to tone up um toning up it doesn't actually mean anything technically it's it, it sort of refers to the fact that people want to look like they do have you know some definition but in order to do that you need some muscle mass to do so mm. so when we're thinking about a healthy body composition a bit of strength a bit of aerobic fitness is what we really should go for yeah okay great so everybody which I, was, I knew that's what you were going to say and I really want people <laughs> to hear that and to know that as you said you're not in one camp or the other yeah uh, next is the what so what do you need so do you need a coach do you need a barbell do you need dumbbells what do you need to strength train yeah so I think to, to start out when I refer to the sort of the foundational movement patterns a lot lot of PTs talk about earning the right to using external load. And I'm I'm not sure that language is quite sits right for me, but I do think that you should start where you're at with your body weight, just to try and gain confidence in those movement patterns. Because if you are unable to do a a good squat, I won't say perfect squat, because I don't believe a perfect squat exists, because we're all different. I think in order to feel confident and comfortable doing a movement like a squat, just use your body weight. You know, if you started off at home let's say you know every day you did four sets of of 10 squats every day and you could maybe film yourself you could look at it and go oh does the depth look good do I feel like I'm moving at a steady pace do I feel comfortable you know am I doing it without pain that's can be where you start and I think you know Obviously, you and I, we're, we're huge advocates of, of an app like Fit because you don't have to go anywhere and you've got coaches like us that can come into your home and we can guide you and give you those coaching cues. But you can start at home on your own. Just start. Start building up some confidence. And of course, like with anything, you're going to get to a point where you think, I could I could level up a little bit, to, to use your language. Yeah. You know, we, 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 could, we could level up. And the theory of, of progressive overload can be applied to anything. It can be applied to your running volume. So it is the theory of not going too big too soon. You yeah. know, you want to start where you're at. You want to build confidence. You want to nail those patterns. And then you can start progressively overloading the movement. And that can be in a number of ways that could be increasing the reps it could be increasing the set so the volume of of the movement that you're doing it could be training one more day than than usual um you could increase the load so the external load you could start to use some weights now this is the beauty of it like throughout this whole lockdown period i've had my clients using their kids their plant pots <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's just a weight your body doesn't really know if it's a kettlebell or not if you can get that then that's cool but using a weight to then just challenge yourself increasing the intensity because in order to to develop strength we need to provide a stimulus for our muscles for our body for our our body to adapt to so it goes okay I can do four four sets of 10 at body weight now I'm going to do four sets of 10 with this kettlebell and then you'll start to improve and you can see where I'm going with this you know mm. we, we the sky's the limit to whatever you want yeah okay well I feel like yeah that's brilliant and I feel like we've covered the the where as you said you can do it at home you can go into a gym space you know we've covered a little bit of the how and actually I want to kind of pick up on something that you just said because you said you know the muscle needs a stimulus and you know it needs to I guess that stress response you know it needs a bit of a challenge now I was speaking to a group yesterday I was delivering an online talk yesterday and 
I was talking to them about the fact that, yes, of course, we all know that movement and exercise is good for us. We know that. I'm not going to tell people that because we, I, th- I believe that many people know that. But I was kind of saying this idea that actually when it comes to performance, and I don't just mean in your physical training, I just mean in your life, you know, your mindset, the way you show up to work, the way you, you know, the things you commit to in your life. I really believe that doing something that is physically challenging, that is difficult for your body, that you find hard, whether that is, you know, lifting a weight, whether that's going for a a little bit further on your run or a little bit faster on your run. I really truly believe that there's something in that, that ability to push yourself, that ability to do something that is hard and to kind of feel like humbled by the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm struggling. And, you know, it's not that I'm, I don't want to say to people like, oh, you know, every time you work out, you have to push yourself or it always has to be challenging. But I do think that, you know, this idea of like, never, never push yourself, just go for a walk or just do a little jog. You know, if it's difficult, stop. Don't, you know, that kind of, you know, what I'm go- where I'm going with this. Yeah. What do you think about this idea that actually pushing yourself physically and doing things that are physically challenging and hard, let's be real, it's hard that actually has a real benefit to us building resilience and building our, uh, our our mental stamina and confidence as well. And that we need to kind of maybe lean into that more instead of shying away from it. What do you think? I completely agree with you. I think that is the key to unlocking our own potential, mm. right? We, we talk about sort of this human potential in life and a lot of the stuff that I talk about strength training, it isn't about being the best at strength training. It's about challenging yourself to unlock your own potential. And there is something hugely empowering about that. You know, in my own strength journey, I, I've, I've, when I started, I was looking at people in my class and I was thinking, oh my goodness, they're lifting five times as much as I believe I could. And how amazing to think that I took it upon myself to take on that challenge and I appropriately increased the stimulus. I kept turning up even when it was hard. Most of the time it was hard. Mm. And when you learn that actually you can make progress that way and like you say, you lean into the challenge of it it's, you know, you, you're strategic about how do you do it? it it's, it's almost a game of how can I, how can I put myself in the best possible position to improve that transfers to your daily life. Like when I, when I think about when I was doing CrossFit at 6am before I used to turn up to L'Oreal, that success or that challenge that I lent into in the morning, that taught me a lot. And that gave me the confidence to then take that into my life. So, you know, that that 9am meeting that I thought was going to be a bit challenging, or there was going to be a challenging conversation. I felt that physical and mental confidence to speak up. This is my view. This is what I think. To be present and to show up in the gym and in life is so important. Because if you just give in when it feels a bit tough, then where, what what are we saying about ourselves? Are we saying that when it gets tough, we just stop? That's that's not right. I, I believe that in life, we should empower ourselves to speak up, to turn up, to be the best that we can be. And that isn't about being the best or comparing ourselves to others. It's just feeling that inner confidence and knowing that you, there's much more that you can do than, than you ever believed. Oh, yes. I mean, Laura, you're speaking my language, honestly, because I definitely think with the last two, you know, the last year, we've all been through a lot. And actually, we're going to talk about that now. But with the pandemic, I understand this is an exceptional time. So of course, we've had a lot to deal with emotionally, physically, and, and stress really does take its toll on the body. So perhaps with that aside, I think maybe it's just because I hear a lot of people, yeah, they'll say, oh, Adrienne, you're you're motivating. But sometimes they don't really want to hear my real message, which is not you know, just do 20 minutes or just do what you can is actually, I say to people, do something that's hard, do something that's challenging. If you find it easy to run for 20 minutes, you need to run for 30 or you need to run a bit quicker because I'm not saying that, yeah, exactly. Every workout, you've got to crush it and you've got to empty the tank and be crawling through the front door. But in reality, if we only do things that are easy physically, mentally in life, then where is the progression? Where is the growth? How are we going to know, as you said, what our potential is if we're never forced to our limit? So yes, I totally, oh, this is great. I love it. And I hope that everyone listening is going, yes, I need to do this too. So let's talk a little bit about lockdown because, you know, whilst the gyms were closed for such a long time, I know, you know, I saw online that you were very vocal about the need for gyms to reopen. Um, I think you you were on the BBC News talking about it as well. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, for a lot of people being in a space, in a community, you know, having that place where they show up at 6am, where they see their friends or they see their coach, or maybe for them, it's a place where they're not a mum because the kids aren't there or they're not a partner or they're not you know they go into that space and just stepping in the door for some people it's almost like 
you know, you, you, this alter ego comes, you're like, yes, this is a place where I do something different. I be someone different. And for a lot of people, I feel like, yeah, when the gyms were closed, maybe again, me being a runner, I was like, I can just run, but they didn't have that. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. What was that like for you? And why did you feel it's so important to, to speak about that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think so many things about this. I I feel like whenever, when I really think about it, the, the world is our gym. And I do think that, you know, when the physical bricks and mortar is closed, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's over. You know, there, there are things that we can do. Yes, I do believe that that gym space is so important because for some people, you know, it's a, it's a safe space. It's a space of no judgment. Like you say, it's a space where you can be who you want to be. You know, you're not mum. You know, you don't have those pressures. And I think as soon as you step out of the gym, all of those responsibilities, those deadlines, those emails, everything just creeps up. And, you know, even as a personal trainer myself, I find that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm delivering, I'm facilitating that safe space for others. That's my passion. But I also need that. And I didn't have that anymore. And I found that hard. And I think I, I wanted to be open about that to say, you know, I, I, I fully appreciate how people feel now that they don't have that community, that interaction where they can feel good about themselves. So there's there's that element. And I, I was, yes, well, I was quite vocal. I was frustrated about the, the way in which almost gyms were positioned as, you know, as a almost like the, the sweat fest. And that's, you know, where all the transmission is. And, and, and the reality is you, you are more likely to have that interaction in Tesco's or Sainsbury's, et cetera, rather than, than a gym. So I think frustratingly, gyms were spoken about, you know, were almost aligned with the pubs. But the pubs, I was going to say, because the pubs and the beauticians and there was things that opened up before the gyms and restaurants. And obviously there was the eat out, help out, whatever that was called, you know, get everybody out having a glass of wine and lunch. And then, as you say, it was kind of, yeah, it was, I think it was two things. One, it was, yeah, you know, you're going to sweat and you're going to pass it on. But also I think it was this idea that the gym was like a luxury, like a, like an additional nice to have. Uh, yeah. which you could argue, well, actually having lunch on a terrace with a glass of wine. Yes, of course, it's nice for people to be able to meet up. I love going to a restaurant, but yeah. I could really see why people were like, hang on a minute, why is why can we do one, but we can't do the other? It didn't really seem that logical. Totally. And I, and I think if if we look at the, you know, the science behind the, the people that are most at risk it is those that, you know, we, we know that we have a, an obesity crisis in the UK. And I think, you know, the health and fitness industry is is almost like, the the biggest industry that will help people not have to seek you know medical help and support later in life well you know we are the industry that helps keep people healthy and fit to, to the best that you know that they physically can and that was frustrating when we're we're in a health pandemic and the place where people can you know improve and, and pursue a healthier or fitter lifestyle wasn't prioritized and you know you talk about the, the eat out to help out scheme I was on Sky News, you know, referring to that because imagine if we had a bigger workout to help out scheme, Mm. you know, imagine if, you know, there were more people that were encouraged to get outside, to go for a jog, you know, mentally, mentally and physically, you're going to feel so much better in a, in a place where we were locked in our houses, you know, we were able to go out for that, you know, one bit of exercise. Imagine if there was actual advice, you know, from the government telling people how, you know, they could try and look after themselves physically and mentally during this time. So that was, that was hugely, hugely frustrating. But I think with anything, I'm not one to sit and moan about these things. I think we need to work with what we have and we've got to be proactive. And my first thing was to try and keep the community that I had moving. And if I couldn't physically see them, we we're going to do it digitally. Um, and I know I think that was a very overwhelming time for a lot of people on on the end of receiving, you know, the sessions and and, and giving them as well, because we were all going through it. Yeah. We were all going through it. And I think it's just we were turning up as best as we could to say, OK, we're at home now. What can we do? And using the, the power of digital and, you know, especially, you know, f- for me, this is when I, I felt like I could most connect and interact with all our users at Fit. Yeah. Because, you know, the, those that were using Fit, you know, previously, actually, we, we there were so many more people that came onto the platform and, and found the benefit of having this, you know, real life coach session 
and people loved it and it felt like a community you feel like you're there with us and you know when we're recording it that's that's what we've got in mind we've got the users in front of us and we're talking to them directly and you know it was powerful yeah yeah and it's interesting as well how quickly things change and how quickly as human beings we tend to move from one thing to the next and then forget but actually it was less than you know it's probably about this time last year we're in we're in we're in June already aren't we it's probably about this time last year it's only been a year but it almost feels like yeah so long ago that we could only leave our homes for one hour a day and you know we were forced to stay home and you know we were homeschooling we were working from home all of these things uh, and so fortunately obviously that's changed and we can do you know we can get out we can be in these spaces again but you know for for yourself Laura how did you how did you adapt in terms of your, you know, your training? You mentioned you couldn't go to the gym. And is there anything that you've kept and that you will keep post pandemic now that things are open again? Is there any changes that you've made that will stay? Um, I, I think I just now value any movement. And I know that that sounds silly, but like previously it was like, OK, I need my squat rack. I need my, you know, my knee sleeves and this and all of this stuff and all these plates and equipment. And actually I found that I could make do with anything that I had at home. And I think, you know, you get used to having this the, this four bricks and mortar, four walls. But actually, I had two kettlebells. I had some resistance bands. Um, and I started running again. And I've, I found the, the, the joy of running again. I've got quite a love-hate relationship with running. Um, just, I guess, because of the reasons why I used to run. Uh, many years ago, I sort of, I sort of ran, let's call it some sort of escapism or running to, you know, lose weight, those those kind of goals that I had historically before I'd sort of got to where I am now. So I've always associated running with a bit of a bad, a bad start in my sort of fitness journey. And, And actually, that's all I could do. And I wanted to get out. And I just I cannot tell you how much I appreciated being out in the fresh air, just me one foot in front of the other. And I just I just found the joy for it again. It wasn't for a certain time or I wanted to get out and I, and I wanted to. Yeah. So I think I think I'll just I'll just keep the 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 value of just any movement, be that yoga, breath work, running, strength training, resistance bands it all counts. So I don't, I think, you know, don't just be in one camp, be open to all the different types of movement that you can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, that's what keeps, obviously it keeps it interesting so we don't get bored, but it also physically, you know, we benefit from that, right? So I know that, for example, I kind of, I think I tend to go in like seasonality. So I'll have seasons, I call it, no, I don't mean with the weather, I just mean with my my own life. And I'll have a season where I'm like, okay, I'm running loads, you know, maybe I'm training for a race, maybe I'm work, you know, running with a group and I'm running on my own and I just, yeah, I'm running loads. Then other times I'll have a season where I'm like, actually, I'm only running maybe twice a week and I'm doing loads of Pilates and I'm doing loads of you know just other things and then it changes again and I think you know I'm yet to find my I'm yet to find my real you know uh Olympic lifting season (laughs) (laughs) but I do think that having that change throughout your training and like you say all movement counts different kinds of movement you know sometimes it's literally just out with my son on our bikes you know but it's different and I think that yeah definitely keeps it interesting and it's good for us physically as well totally well Laura we could talk all day about you know about exercise about the benefits about strength about all of it but I'd also love to talk to you a little bit about business and about you know professional brand you know I'm someone who I'm very entrepreneurial and a lot of my friends either have their own businesses or their own brands and you know you've turned your passion into your work which is something that I think many people would love to do and especially coming out of the last year people are you know potentially changing careers they've got ideas people ask me a lot of questions about well Adrian, how did you build this or how did you start that so you know you've written a book you work with different brands as you mentioned you train them on the fit app you're director at, at foundry so you've and you've also built an online community too so social media which you know is it is accessible to everyone everyone can start an instagram account but it also yeah there's a lot of nuance to that too so Laura, I'd love to know, was that an intentional quest? You know, did you set out to build a professional personal brand around female strength training and empowerment? Or was that an organic process that's just evolved over time? 
Yeah, so it was such a good question. So in, in short, no, I never imagined it would be I'd be doing the things that I'm I'm doing right now. I hoped that I would have success in in this industry somehow. But if genuinely, if, if you'd asked me, would I would I imagine this? I, I would say no. I think for for me, historically, and, and sort of my career previous, I've, I've had a, a longer career in the, the sort of corporate commercial world than I have in fitness. So I guess my previous experience has been has been I've able I've been able to transfer it to almost myself. Mm. So I've worked for um for Unilever for five years. So Unilever um they are sort of the the brand in FMCG behind brands you would know in your sort of daily life like Lynx, Shaw, Dove, Impulse, Persil, lots of home and personal care brands. Um, so I was there for five years and then I was at L'Oreal for, uh, for five years sort of managing different brands, um, different categories in hair care, hair colour, cosmetics. Like I said, L'Oreal Paris, Garnier, Essie, Maybelline. And that was my experience. I had a degree in marketing and business studies. And my life was to market and, and sell a product. And it was only until sort of I went through my own fitness journey that I built the confidence to think, well, hang on a minute. I, I'm the product now and I just mm. need to think about it a little bit differently. And I started, like I said, my Instagram account, Biceps and Bronzer, that was just me documenting some terrible angled, terrible quality videos <laughs> of me doing some just below average CrossFit workouts. And I just post them online. I, I sort of called it like my training diary. It helped keep me accountable and sort of the community aspect of, you know, people interacting with your posts, etc. I found quite fun. And at the time, sort of six years ago, not many women were doing that, you know, especially not online. It wasn't really a thing. Women were doing toning workouts and ab shreds and all sorts of things. And, you know, it was just very different. And I remember when I first sort of plucked up the courage really to consider it being a career, I consulted a lot of people in the industry. I sort of went round, looked at all the gyms that were in London. I really wanted to understand, you know, how people were successful. What what was it? What did they do? Um, and I got a lot of advice that said, well, actually, you know, Laura, you might want to stay away from posting sort of your big lifts, you know, doing a hundred kilo deadlift could be really intimidating. And I thought, yeah, that I guess that is a consideration but that was also not be, me being authentic I, I mm. wanted to show what I was doing and I want to start by saying hey this is what I'm doing but also I'm going to show you a way in which you can do it too and if I can do it then so can you and I'm so glad that I didn't take that advice at the time because I actually think it was one of the reasons that got me to where I am now because the, the biggest advice I would give is just understand your purpose. What is it that you want to do? What are you trying to communicate? Like I would with a product, you know, a mascara launch from Maybelline. What is the benefits of those products? What is the purpose? Who am I talking to? How do they like to be spoken to? You know, it, it's, it, it's exactly the same. So I was mm. like, okay, I, I'm, I'm this product now. So in the different channels that I had, which was Instagram, that was my marketing platform. And I didn't want it to be a commercial thing. I just wanted it to be a, a community because all I wanted to do, and, and genuinely in this fitness industry, a lot of people will say, I'm, I'm not in this for the money. If you can make good money out of this industry, well, unbelievable. But we are not known for, for our sociable hours and, and great money, you know, being a PT in this industry. So all I wanted to do for success for me was getting by, was being able to pay my rent and being able to, you know, communicate with as many people as possible, the life changing benefits of challenging yourself with health and fitness. So it started from there organically. And then mm. I was like, well, hang on a minute. I'm actually getting a bit of a following here. And it was around the time, if I'm really honest, where lots of people were buying followers. You know, there was people that went from zero to 100 real quick. That didn't oh, yeah. sit right. That didn't sit right with me. I thought, I don't care. I'd rather have 10 followers that I knew and could come and see me and could train with me. And I guess just over time, just consistently and, you know, frequently sharing my message, honestly, the good, the bad and the ugly yeah. just got me my audience. And one of the biggest things that I try and remind myself and I tell to anyone who's starting out this industry, you are not for everyone and everyone is not for you. Don't worry that you might not be appealing to you know, X, Y, Z over there. Don't worry that you're not getting a million followers or a million likes. If you are genuinely engaging with people that you can make a difference with, 
That is where you start. And trust me when I tell you, it will grow from there. All right, let's talk, Laura, about the Power Hour. Because yes. this is the Power Hour podcast and I, um, I'd i love to know, well, firstly, you've mentioned a couple of times about 6am starts. So I don't know whether that was just enforced because of work or whether you're naturally an early bird, but I'd love to hear from you about what time you typically get up and what the first hour of your day is all about. My alarm usually goes off uh, between 4.30, 4.50am. And um, I try to get to bed as early as I can um, to enable myself to wake up and, you know, annoyingly, you know, bounce out of bed because, you know, <laughs> this is this 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 is this is my time. I'm up and um, it's a bit of a, a joke on my social media now, but I have a bath every morning yes. um, at about five, about 5 a.m. And it's, I get apps, lots of people message me and say, oh my God, your bath water looks like it's overrunning. So lots of people are, uh, are cross with how much water I use, but, but hear me out. So I get up and I have, have this bath and that is my time. I listen to, um, either a podcast or BBC One Extra and I've got it on a little speaker. I have a coffee in the bath and I sit and I, I contemplate my day. I think about, some thoughts, you know, what am I feeling today? How do I feel? What have I got to do today? And what do I need to do to make today successful? Now, even just this morning, I was in, in my morning bath, um, I was thinking about boundaries. And I think one of the things I've learned so much um, over this lockdown period is to understand and uphold my personal boundaries. I think we're, we've we've lived in a, in a world now the past year and a half where there really hasn't been many boundaries. We've all been the most available we've ever been because we were at home, you know, doing not a lot or some people were working from home or managing their families from home, but we were always at the end of the phone available because we were all at home. And I think those boundaries that we previously had, whether that's a nine to five, they were 24-7. You could be contacted whenever um, because there wasn't really any work life. People didn't have that commute to work. So for me, it's about getting up, understanding what have you got to do today? What do I need to do to be successful? And try to manage and enable yourself to respect those timings. We've all been there where someone's just, can I just quickly call you or can I just quickly pick your brain about X, Y, and Z? Now you can choose whether to allow them to quickly pick your brain or you can uphold your boundaries and say actually today I don't have time for that saying no is okay it doesn't make you any less of a person and I think once we truly understand our purpose we understand the structure of our day and what we need to do in order to achieve our purpose there's less time to be carried away with someone invading your boundaries so I, I think there's always going to be that I, I love ad hoc conversations and you know meeting and interacting with people but if you allow that to take over your day then actually you don't do the things that you meant to do to pursue your purpose yes I mean the yeah getting up and having a bath with a coffee and contemplating your day whatever <laughs> t- whatever time it is whether it's 5 a.m 6 a.m 7 a.m I do yeah there's definitely something in that kind of a the solitude because you're actually you know you're by yourself and there's no interruption but also yeah. as you said having that time uh, you know ahead of the day not at the end because often you know people think oh, I'll have a bath at the end of the day maybe reflect which is you know I'm sure there is still merit there too but this idea that when something's retrospective you can't go back as you say and kind of set that boundary and say no or you can't go back to earlier in the day and go oh I wish I'd I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd said that but actually I think yes yeah, starting your day and going okay what do I need to do today to make today successful as you said and then actually throughout your day you've got it in your mind you know you kind of set that intention right at the start and Anyone listening knows that obviously for me, I'm a big advocate of Power Hour, but I'm really, really, yeah, I loved hearing that that is your morning. And you know what? You're never going to, as you said, you're never going to please everyone. But that sounds like what a dreamy way to start the day. It is. And I guess also, I, I also recognise that I'm able to do that. You know, I, I don't have a family to manage. Um, you know, I'm relatively flexible in, in my job. I, you know, I, I coach very early. But I also think that regardless of your situation, whether it's a bath or whether it's a just take five minutes to go for a walk, find find what that peace of mind that's that little space for you is at the start of your day I'm also quite a big advocate of of meditation it took me a long long time to get into it and to understand the benefits of it and just to sit and listen to myself 
in peace for five minutes, I found that really hard because we've all got so much noise and chatter going round in our head and actually just taking a step back and really considering what do I need to do today? Not what does do other people want me to do? Or what do I feel like I have to do? Start there. And then, you know, whatever happens in the day, there's, there's lots of unknowns in every day. I get that. Yeah. And you know what I heard this week, Laura, because I've also, it's taken me a long time to get to a place where I can even say that I meditate. I think, you know, I probably call it that. Probably a bit hard on myself, but I'll call it that. But I heard something this week, which is a bit of a game changer for me. So I'm going to share it with you and the listeners. And it was talking about meditation as this idea of, you know, quiet the mind and, you know, and he actually said, do you do you know that you can start with the opposite of that? You can say, okay, for the first five minutes of my meditation, instead of trying to silence that in a chatter, instead of trying to, he was like, I let rip, I turn it up. And for the first five mm-hmm. minutes, it's almost this idea. And I really like that idea of like, like, I imagined it like turning up the volume of the radio or something and just let all the thoughts, all the things, all the chatter, just let it all out. You know, it's almost like in your mind, just let it all play out. Everything you're thinking, I need to do this. I want to go there. What about this? Just think about it, let it all out. And yeah. then, and then, then try the whole like, you know, calm, quiet the mind, but actually have like a purge, just let it run, let your mind race. And I was like, wow, how great. And so that's what I'm trying this week. And it's honestly, I just sat down and was like, okay, cool. I'm going to try that. And it was amazing because I wasn't trying to, yeah, squash it down. I was actually just like, let it run. So that is something I'm going to be doing for the rest of the week. Okay. So let's do a quick fire round. I mean, I'm long winded, so let's try and keep it short and sweet. I've got a few questions for you and then we're going to find out where everyone can can find out more from you and, and your work so quick fire round let's start with if you weren't a personal trainer or coach what would you be doing wow what a question okay especially quick fire <laughs> i would i would love to be uh I'd, I'd like to be a dj or a radio presenter oh I you think, know what um, you've got a good voice for a radio presenter Oh, well, but basically, by, lots of people think that I actually am secretly a DJ. They're like, are you headlining London Fields? I'm like, no, that is bicep. That is, bi- that is bicep, not me. I wish. <laughs> I love that because also, yeah, bicep's brilliant. Okay, yeah. um, next one is what is something that you have, something that you own, something that brings you joy, that you love, which you bought for £100 or less? £100 or less? Oh, my goodness. Um brings me joy 100 pounds or less i've got lo- well if you know me well you know i have the most ridiculous trainer collection well i was and gonna I was- say are they less than 100 pounds some yeah, of them are well, not. some of them some, <laughs> some of them some of them are not i gotta be honest there but the, the reason why i have such a big trainer collect well I've, I've always been obsessed but for me i know it sounds silly but i buy a pair of trainers when i celebrate some success in my life now i feel quite fortunate that i seem to have a lot of success in my yes. life but I, I almost when something good happens like when i got the job at fit or whatever it was or I did something that I really felt like yes I buy a pair of trainers that sig- that signal that moment in time so I can almost look at some shoes and go I remember when I got them that's because of whatever so that's there's a there's a secret for you I love that and I also love that it's a celebration of your success because you just said oh I'm lucky I've had a lot of success in my life trust me you've earned it and it's not <laughs> luck you've earned it and you know nothing comes easy and that work that you've put in I think celebrating that I love that every time you step down the street it's like success 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 100%. every step <laughs> <laughs> okay next one is one book that you would recommend that everybody should read the power hour Oh my gosh! I didn't. I didn't ask you to say that. <laughs> surely, surely, Do you know? Well, do you know what? I'm. I'm. I'm not a massive book reader. I like podcasts, so I'm. Yeah. I'm gonna. So that's my book recommendation. But I'm gonna also, apart from obviously this podcast, um, there is the Higher Performance podcast, which has some incredible guests on it. And my favourite one, if for anyone listening, is to listen to the one with Jo Malone. She is an inspirational woman. So if you've not listened to Jo Malone on the Higher Performance podcast, you must. It'll make it'll make you think you do not actually work as hard as you thought you did brilliant okay that's going to be on my list for this afternoon okay next one is one piece of advice so looping back one piece of advice that you would give to anyone who after listening to this podcast is now tempted to start strength training um meet yourself where you're at and if you start with just wherever you are at wherever you are feeling you cannot lose and remember that this feeling of failure 
is all part of the process. You don't fail, you either win or you learn. And the beauty of the strength training journey is that it is for life and you're going to learn something new about yourself every single day. And like you said, you know, leaning into a bit of a challenge can only be a positive and it will transfer to your daily life. And trust me when I tell you, you will start taking more risks. You'll start sharing your opinion more. You'll start to value your boundaries, your personal time, because you will feel so empowered to start your strength training journey. It is not just physical, it is mental too. Yes. And the last one is if you were given one extra hour, so you're given a double power hour, there's 25 hours now every single day. What are you going to use your extra hour to do? Sleep. Yes. Sleep to win. Sleep. If, if I, I just think that there's so many things that I find that my clients, people that are training for certain goals or whatever in life, if you are not nailing your foundations of getting a good night's sleep, you are not setting yourself up for success. Sleep is where all the gains happen. That is where the recovery happens. And to enable yourself to be the best version of yourself, prioritize your sleep. Then you can get up and nail your, your second power hour. Boom. You heard it from someone else, <laughs> not just me, because everyone's like, yes, Adrian, we know, go to bed, get up early. <laughs> this has been absolutely brilliant. Laura, I mean, I knew it was going to be brilliant, but it's been even better than I expected. And to be honest, we could just, I, yeah, you're going to have to come back on the show oh, for sure. Thank you. So let the listeners know, please, where can we find you online? Where, people, where can people get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So on Instagram, I am at Laura Biceps. I love hearing from people. Um, if you're on the Fit app or you're just inspired by this conversation or something resonated with you, drop me a DM. I would love that. Um, and also in real life. So like you said at the start, I'm the director of the Foundry Gyms in London. We have three gyms, Vauxhall, Old Street and Bank. And I actually coach. This is one of the funny things, a little known secret. People think I just do Instagram. I actually have a full time job where I manage three gyms. I coach and I do a lot of other projects as well so at the foundry in london you can come and actually train with me in real life amazing she's a busy lady once she gets out of that bath that is it she's go, go, go. <laughs> and also to mention my book uh, lift yes. yourself so a lot of people when they talk about strength training I, I literally wrote a whole book on it and it's about my journey in more depth and some advice on you know where to start so lift yourself by uh, my my surname that no one knows hoggins so laura hoggins um, is available on amazon yes absolutely make sure that you get the book it's laura hoggins lift yourself and we'll also put a note in the show notes as well thank you so much laura thank you so much it was absolutely a pleasure yes have an awesome day thanks for listening everyone see ya bye Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.